0: Good morning, church. How's everybody doing? We doing all right? Ooh, I feels like you're doing all right. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, yes, my name is Adrian Lee, if you did not know me. Uh, my That's right, that is my name. Uh, my wife and I, we are the Connections Pastors here at New Heart Church. Uh, just so you know what that means, that means we are the people that care about you getting connected, uh, you finding friends, family, purpose, Uh, And if you don't know how to do that, you come find us, and we'll help you find your way there. But uh, let's go ahead and jump right in this morning. Will you pray with me? Father, I thank you that you're good. I thank you, Lord, that you're in this room. Lord, that you are true to your word. When you say two or more are gathered, you're in this place, that you are here right now. And so we invite you, God, to speak. Not my words, not my plan, not my purpose, but yours be done. Give us ears to hear you, a heart to receive what you have to say. but you come and do what only you can? In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Okay, we're going to jump right in. Uh, it's going to be in Luke chapter 2. We're going to start at verse 27. So where we're jumping into the story, this is uh, the story of, uh, of Mary and Joseph. Jesus was born about a week ago. Uh, he was circumcised, and now they're bringing him to the temple To offer him to the Lord. And there's a man named Simeon, a Jewish man uh, that lives in the same town. And this man had heard from the Lord that he would not die before he got to see the Messiah, this promised Messiah uh, that the Jewish people had been awaiting for a long, long, long time, the one that would uh, bring them freedom, that would rescue them from oppression, that would do all these incredible things. He would lock eyes with this individual before he died. And so we come in uh, at, at verse. Twenty seven says that day the Spirit led him to the temple, Simeon. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and He is the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. This is a cool moment, but as I read this, the question in my mind is why? Okay, like why were Mary and Joseph amazed? Listen, I'm a parent, I've got two kids and we've got a bun in the oven, we got one coming in February, that's right. Team Lee, party of five, it's about to happen. It's going to go down. It's going to be insane, and I need your prayers because I'm not actually ready. Uh, but I, I, I'm a parent, and so I know, like most parents, I want, like I think my kids are amazing. They're incredible. They're nuts, but they're incredible. And I want everyone else in the world to see them just like I do. I want people to see the value in my children that I know is there. Uh, and so when, when people praise my kids, I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's awesome. Yeah, go ahead, baby. Like, like I, I'm pumped about that, but I don't think that's what's happening in this this moment. You see, Mary and and Joseph, I don't think they're just, oh, someone's saying nice things about our son because that's not the moment. Simeon isn't just a nice old man saying sweet things about this baby. He is prophesying in the power of the Spirit over this child. And they stood amazed, and I'm asking why? Because this was not the first time that they had heard what was true about Jesus. The first time, you've got in uh, Luke Chapter 1, verse 31, Mary, hearing from the angel Gabriel, you will conceive and give birth to a son. You will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. That's the first moment. Joseph, uh, around the same time, in a dream, hears from the Lord, talking about Mary, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. There's these moments, and then there's another. Uh, there's another few moments that follow. Uh, Mary has this Holy Spirit encounter as she's visiting her pregnant cousin. Uh, when when Jesus is born, these wise men that don't know Mary and Joseph, they 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 they're they're just wise men from the east. They have come a long way to worship their baby, to honor him as king. With gifts, shepherds show up out of nowhere. They've heard from a a, a squadron of angels. A squadron, that's right. I said a squadron. Don't get stuck on squadron. Feel free to use it as you will, squadron. But they have all these moments leading up to the birth of their son. And then eight days later, they're in the temple, and they're standing amazed at hearing something that they should already know. And so my question is, why? Well, the true thing that was true about them, and it's true for us as well, is that vision leaks. Things are always clearer at the start than further down the road. When you get into a new relationship, you're, you're newly in love, you're spending all this time, you, you love, each other, other, each, love each other so much, it's very clear, it's very easy to see. But then some stuff happens, and you've got to love through some things. When you're at the start of a, a, a business venture, uh, you know, you, the vision is clear, but, but then there are some roadblocks that come along the way, stopping you from getting to the goal. Uh, there, 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 there's a way that as time goes by, vision leaks, and the biblical scholar Mike Tyson once said, he said that everybody has a plan until they get punched in the face, <laughs> right? Okay, you heard that? Okay but isn't that real? We've all got a plan. We've all got the vision. We all see it clearly until real life starts hitting us in the face with the normal, with the everyday, with the unexpected, with the painful, um, with all kinds of things. When real life starts to hit, the vision begins to leak, and the more that the vision begins to leak, the more that we wind up starting to forget, and we forget because of what's familiar. You see, what's happening here. Well, actually, let me, let me read this verse, and I'll tell you what's going down. Matthew 13, 22. This is Jesus uh, sharing the parable of the sower. He's explaining it to his disciples. The seed that fell among the thorns represents those who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life and the lure of wealth, so no fruit is produced. For Mary and Joseph, for you and I, it's not just the bad moments that come but it's the grind of our normal, everyday mundane life and the worries that come with it. It's the it's the 9 to 5 every single day going to a job that brings its own stress and concerns. It's trying to raise up kids in this world and make sure that they're going the right way but they're nuts and they don't listen and so it's hard. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's striving to finish school and you're feeling all these pressures of what do I do next? How will I even pay, uh, pay for the student loan debt once it's all over? All kinds of, I heard that amen, all kinds of these normal things. This is what causes us to forget. It's not just bad things. It's good things. But they have a way of crowding out what God has spoken in our lives. They have a way of crowding out what he has said that we just, we just can't forget. And forgetting is one of the worst things that can happen uh, to to a believer. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord, right? Uh, But if you forget What's spoken? How can you act on what you were told? And the crazy thing is forgetting, if we're not careful, can be fatal. In my backyard, we've got a lot of trees, uh, and they're very, very tall, right by a creek. And so uh, I've got these huge trees, and all the leaves have come down for like the ninth time. Um, And I was in the backyard yesterday. I was just looking up, and I noticed these two squirrels. Now, I have a couple of guttural reactions to squirrels. Actually, no, just one. I hate them. I wish I had a uh, a catapult and I would take these little squirrels and I'd put them in it and launch them over a mountain. That sounds horrible. That sounds mean. But I mean it. They come into my backyard and they rip apart the cushions to my patio furniture. They take it for their homes, for their ugly little babies. But anyway, I was watching these two squirrels. They're racing through the treetops and... Uh, it, it caught my attention because it was so high in the air, like 40, 50 feet up in the air. Um, and they're, they're zipping around the trunks of these trees, climbing higher and higher and higher. And, and they were locked in this kind of beautiful dance where it was, it, 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 was, it, was be- it was mesmerizing for a moment, right? Like, I hate you, but I love it. Uh, and they were like in lockstep with one another. The first one would zip around one way, and the second would follow the exact same way. And it continued and it continued and continued until the first squirrel jumped from one tree to a limb from the next. Then the second one, the rhythm was broken for a moment. It kind of stutter stepped, paused a second, and then jumped. Still made it to the next tree. But suddenly I have concern for these guys. I'm like, this is really high. Be safe, creatures from hell. I'm watching this, but but as it continues to go, the first one is still filled with all of the grace and sure-footedness uh, that any squirrel should have. But the second one uh, is doing things a little bit differently more and more often. Uh, every jump, to my perspective, seems more precarious. And I'm watching this wondering, oh Lord, am I going to see a squirrel death in my backyard? Am I going to have to go down there and like Push it into the, into the creek? Is that, is that what's next for me today? Is that my Saturday? But I'm, and it worked out. They're fine. They're good. They're tearing up someone else's patio furniture right now. But I was watching this, and I was thinking, man, that makes me think about following Jesus. It makes me think about, well, it, 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 it does, and I'll tell you why. When you follow Jesus, we're called to walk like him, to talk like him, to do what he does, to go where he would go to follow as he leads you, right? All these things. And at first, that seems pretty easy. But the thing about Jesus is he doesn't call you to the easiest places. He doesn't call you to where everyone else is going. The path that he wants you to walk on is not always a safe one. You're safe as you follow him. But when you step off the path that he's called you to walk on, that's where the danger lies. And that's where forgetting can be fatal when we forget the way he has called us to go, when we forget the steps that he's asked us to make, when we forget the route that he has marked out before us, when we forget where he is pointing us to go, that's where missteps happen. And I say it's fatal because, yeah, you'll probably survive not following him well. I think we, we all do at some point. We all make missteps, right? But there's also an opportunity when we forget what he's called us to do, and start going our own way and leaning on our own understanding, that that's where there's a little bit of death that creeps into the scenario. There's a little bit of something that that Jesus did not intend. He came to give life. So if we're not going his way, we're going in the opposite direction. And then we are inviting things into our space that were never meant to be there. And then death enters the relationship. Death enters the mindset with which we're trying to build this business Something else becomes a part of the scenario. Something that was never supposed to be there, at all. Forgetting can be fatal. Someone who forgot in uh, Scripture uh, is Peter. We all know uh, the disciple Peter. He is—he's the loud one. You know, got a knife in his pocket. He'll cut your ear off if you mess with Jesus. Um, which is kind well, of—that's no, not cool. Um, it's kind of sketch, if we're honest. But. What happens in his story, Jesus tells him before Jesus is arrested and brought to the cross. He says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. Peter swears, I won't deny you. I'll never deny you, Lord. That's not me. That's probably Thomas. Uh, I've seen him. He's not as faithful as I am, but, but it's not me, Lord. And then sure enough, Peter denies him three times. Jesus goes to the cross. He dies. He's in the grave. He's resurrected by the power of God, and he appears to his Disciples, and there's this moment where Peter is like, "You know what? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go fishing." And some disciples go with him because Peter was a fisherman before. When Jesus found him, he was a fisherman. That's how he started. So he's going fishing, and then there's someone on the shore that calls out to them in the boat and says, "Why don't you throw those nets on the right side of the boat?" They throw the nets on the right side of the boat, and it is a huge catch of fish. And in this moment. Peter realizes, oh, that's Jesus, because what happened in that moment is the same thing that happened on the day that they met. He's starting to remember something. He gets to the shore. They all have breakfast, and Jesus is alone with Peter, and he has this conversation with him where Jesus starts asking him a couple of questions. Uh, John 21, 15, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. Jesus would go to ask him the same question two more times. What's happening in this moment is Jesus is actually bringing back to the surface who Peter really is. Jesus is actually in this moment jogging Peter's memory. No, no, you're not not the failure fisherman. That's not you. You're the one who loves me. You're the one who goes where I go. You're the one that I said is the rock on which I will build my church. He's reminding him again in this moment of things that Peter has forgotten. And real quick, let me just say I'm so grateful that our God meets us just like that today. I'm so grateful that because of what Jesus did on the cross, that you and I, no matter where we are in this moment, we can make this a moment right now. We could bow our eyes and just have a moment between you and the Lord, and he be present with you. And if you asked him, he would tell you what you need to know. Maybe not what you want to know, but what you need to know. God is that good. He is that close. He is that real. I'm so grateful that we serve a God that doesn't leave us on the road that we've chosen, but reminds us of who we are and calls us back every single time. But just like Peter, we forget. And some of us in this room, some of us in this room have already forgotten the things that God has told you. Maybe it was years ago. He told you at a conference, at a, at, in, uh, in a church service, uh, maybe someone prophesied something over you, and you haven't thought about it until today. Some of us have forgotten some of the things that God has spoken about who you are and what you're going to do in this world. Maybe you find yourself a little lost in life. Maybe you, the, the path was clear at one point, but now you're just trying to survive. You started wanting to follow after him and do whatever he wanted you to do. Chase after, knock down any door that he wants you to go in. Go where the light is seen dim. That's where God called you to go. But now you're caught up in the mundane and you're caught up in the nine to five. And the best that you can hope for is to do well at your job today. Some of us have forgotten God's promises. Matter of fact, he's fulfilled those promises in your life already. But we've forgotten those moments because of what we see right now. We can't remember so clearly because of what's in front of our face right now. We forget. And forgetting can be fatal. But I'm so grateful that there's good news. I'm so grateful that the good news is that the one who called you is faithful. Check this out, 1 Thessalonians 5:24. I had to go back to the New King James for this one. He who calls you is faithful, who, will also, who also will do it. Have you forgotten your purpose and you don't know where you're headed? He who calls you is faithful. He can remind you. Here's his reminder for you this morning. Jeremiah 29, 11, what did he say? Many of us know this. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. You don't know, but he does. They are plans for good and not disaster. To give you a future and a hope. What you're seeing right now in your life is not the whole of the story. For he knows the plans he has for you. He who called you is faithful. Have you gotten lost on the journey? Check this out. Psalm 119, 105. Your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. If you've gotten lost, he has counted your steps. He knows where you're supposed to go. He knows what's coming next. You might be blind, but our God can see down the road. He who has called you is faithful. Trying to find your way back, he also will do it. Have you lost sense of who you are? This one's beautiful to me. Psalm 139, 16 through 17. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. You and your terrible thought life. You and the horrible way that you think about yourself. Your thoughts may not be precious towards you, but his are. Your thoughts might not be life-giving towards you, but his are. He who called you is faithful. You might have given up on yourself, given up on your hopes, given up on your dreams, given up on who he told you you can be. But that's all right. It's he who called you is faithful, and he can make it happen. You see, we forget, but God does not. We get lost, but he has numbered our steps. We can lose the path. But in him we're found. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful. I'm repeating it because there's a lack of things that we have on repeat in our lives. We have on repeat a great many things that don't belong on replay over and over and over and over. But I'm trying to remind you of some of the things that should be on repeat in your life. He who called you is faithful. You wake up and you don't feel right. He who called you is faithful. You get fired from your job. He who called you is faithful. You got in the same fight with your husband or your wife again and again. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful. He who called you is faithful that's who he is that is who he is you know in the video Pastor Jess made a joke pointing out how old Pastor Ben is he's my pastor I can't let him go alone and so I'm not going to tell you how old I am but I will date myself in this moment you've seen the Lion King haven't you I have too First time I saw that movie was when it came out in theaters. Think about that. That was 1980-something. Uh, it, was a, it was a hot minute ago, uh, but, but I love this movie. It doesn't get old. Um, my son half the time thinks he's a lion or some kind of carnivore. I want him to be friendly and kind, but he's that right now, um, and it's still cute. Okay, but we know the story. If you don't know the story, you, you can go. It's been, it's been long enough. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, we love you. Love, we love you. Stay. But watch that today. You have an assignment. Simba. Simba. Is that? I actually wasn't planning to do that. You drew that out of me, wife. <laughs> Simba, he's on the run. He believes he has caused his father's murder. And so he has left his kingdom and he has been taken in. Uh, he's a carnivore taken in by uh, by these bug eaters. Um, he eats meat, but they eat bugs, and now uh, he 's living this peaceful life out in the middle of nowhere, um, just living and just having fun. He winds up having this moment with a baboon that knows kung fu um, Oh, you doubt me? Watch the movie again. In one of the fight scenes, he does this like Bruce Lee, whoa, back fist of a lion. Like, that's kung fu. He does a stance and everything. It's crazy. They just snuck it in there. But Rafiki, the baboon. Rafiki, when asked the question, you knew my father? By Simba. Rafiki says, correction. I know your father. And he takes him to this place. Well, first he says, you're Mufasa's boy. And then he takes him to this place where Simba can actually have a conversation with his father. And his father says, remember who you are. Remember who you are. Now, I know that most of us don't have a baboon that knows kung fu in our lives. And it's a shame, really. But every single one of us needs someone in our lives that can remind us of who we are. That can remind us of where we come from. And also, that can let us know it's time to go meet your Father. Time to go talk to your Father. We all need that. We all need that. And there are things that all of us need to remember. Before we are done here, the band is is, is letting me know that it's time for me to close up. Uh, So let me tell you a couple things and then we'll close out, all right? Something we need to remember. We need to remember his cross. If you don't already know, God so loved the world in all of its brokenness and sin and all of its despair and waywardness and wickedness, he loved the world. And so he sent his son and Jesus, humbled himself, became weak like us, um, became tempted like us, and went to the cross in our place, took your sin and my sin on himself, took the punishment that we deserved so that he could bring us back to the Father. And when he did that, he took your sins as far as the east is from the west. And even though that's true, Some of us still spend a lot of our time thinking that we're sinners. Some of us who believe spend a lot of time thinking more on our faults and failures than what Jesus has done for us. We stand forgiven, but in our minds, we're identified by our sin. And we allow the enemy to remind us day in and day out of who we used to be. Here's your reminder. Put this on repeat. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. This life I now live in the flesh by faith in Christ Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. You say that in the morning. You say that in the noontime. You say that at night. I have been crucified with Christ. I'm tempted to believe that I'm still who I used to be, but that is gone. This life I now live by faith in Christ Jesus who loved me and gave himself for me. Remember his cross. We also need to remember your future. First, some of you, hopefully it's coming to the surface even as we speak, but there are things that God has told you about your life that have not yet come to pass. Hopes that have gone dim for you. I want you to know that today is a good day to ask him to remind you of what he's spoken. Today's a good day to ask him to bring that to the surface again. Maybe it's time to crack open those old journals again and see what God said back in the day. Maybe it's time to refresh your memory because what he said is what he said. And if he said it, he meant it. He will do it. But there are also some of us that spend every day worried about tomorrow, and hey, sometimes I'm one of these. Sometimes I look at the bills that we've got to pay. I've, I look at the obligations that are, are, are bigger than, than my means. And I'm like, Lord, I, I know you've been faithful. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know the way forward here. And you and I, what we need to remember is that our lives are in his hands. Psalm 66 verse 9, our lives are in his hands and he keeps our feet from stumbling. Our lives are in his hands and he keeps our feet from stumbling. Your problem is not too big for him because our lives are in his hands. And He will keep your feet from stumbling. So don't give up. Don't grow weary. Don't quit trusting. Don't quit believing. He is faithful. Our lives are in His hands. And you cling to Him. You follow Him. No matter how dangerous, no matter how scary, no matter how dark the road, He will keep your feet from stumbling. And we also need to lastly remember your leadership. Pastor Ben says all the time, we are all leaders. Some of you already know this to be true. Some of you are thinking, yeah, maybe, but I'm a terrible leader. And there's a third group that's thinking, "I'm th- that's wrong, incorrect. I'm not, I'm not that person. Well, for those of you that are doubting your leadership, it's simple. Find a better leader. Ask them how they do what they do. The best leaders are learners. Learn how to be better and do it. It's that simple. God is for you. He's on your side. He'll help you do it. But if you're thinking that you're not a leader, I want to clarify, leadership is not about being out front. It's not about the loudest voice. Leadership is influence. Leadership is influence. And that means if you've got breath in your body, if you are ever around people, you are a leader. You have influence. You have all that God needs to work through your life. You're a leader. You can fight it, and if you do, that's fine. You're just asking for God to remind you of what's true. Because you're a leader. Let me, let me close it with this. Jeremiah 29, 5-7. God is talking to his people, Israel, in this moment. Uh, he's actually sent them into exile because they're not being the people he's called them to be. They're not being faithful to him like he's being faithful to them. And so they go into exile so they can learn. So that they can grow, right? And he says this to them. They're going to be there for decades. He says, build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply, do not dwindle away, and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. He was calling them even in exile to live in such an intentional way in the place that they were. That they weren't supposed to survive it, but they were supposed to be present in it. And so what they are called to, you are called to. To be present in the world that you're in. To make an impact in the space that you operate in. You have influence in your home. You might not believe you're a good mom. You might not believe you're a good dad. You might be told every day the opposite. But God can turn that around. You have influence there. Your kids might not listen to you now. That's fine. Even if it seems like they're not listening, you have influence. You're the only mom or dad that they're going to have. At your job, doesn't matter where you are on the ladder lowest position in the office, you have influence there. Be excellent in that spot. Be excellent at the bottom. That's fine. Be excellent. Show up every day. Trust in God. He holds your your life in his hands. And there's a reason why we have to get this. There's a reason why we can't miss this. At the start, I talked about Simeon, right? I talked about Simeon. And I talked about Mary and Joseph. Simeon heard from the Lord that he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And then it says that the Spirit led him to the temple that day. And it was at the temple that Mary and Joseph were reminded of what God had already told them. Simeon did not forget what the Lord had spoken to him. And then he continued to follow his leading. And on the other side of that, we're Mary and Joseph. What has God called you to right where you are? Because wherever you are, I want you to know, your walk with the Lord, it matters. The way you follow him, it matters in your office. The way that you follow him, it matters with your neighbors. The way that you follow him, the way that you listen, the way that you let him lead your life, it matters where you're at, wherever you're at, it matters. Because you don't know who's on the other side. But he does. Because your steps are ordered. Because he holds your life in his hand. Because he who called you is faithful. Not just to do it for you, he will. But he does it through you as well. Church, would you stand to your feet this morning? Come on, stand to your feet this morning. What are you called to do where you are now? Where you're at right now might be temporary. But it's still where you're called to be for this moment. And as long as you're called to be there, God has purpose for your life. As long as you're called to be in that space, God can use you in that place. Some of you may have forgotten things that you need to know. But I'm grateful that our God can remind us. Amen. Can I pray for you this morning? Bow your heads, please. Faithful Father. Faithful friend. One that is better than we know. One that is kinder than we know. Lord, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that you are not far away. Thank you, Lord, that you still heal. Thank you, Lord, that you still restore. Thank you, Lord, that you still have vision and purpose and dreams intention for the life of every man woman and child in this place thank you my God that it doesn't matter what their story is you're not done yet thank you my God that you have more for each and every family in this place if there are fractures in families fractures in relationships my God would you heal it in Jesus name Lord if anyone in this room is blind to what's next blind to their next step blind to their future give them eyes to see my God and if what you have spoken has gotten lost my God as you remind us today bring it to the surface bring it to the surface oh Lord when your word says that you are faithful we believe you when your word says that you hold our lives in your hands we choose to believe you lead us my God guide us my God have your way let this be a new day for someone in this room because there's someone on the other side thank you Lord that you're good Thank you, Lord, that your word is true. Thank you, God, that we can trust you. We can trust you with our right now. We can trust you with our tomorrow. We can trust you with our dreams. We can trust you with our purpose. We can trust you with our families. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you with it all. There is no one like you. We love you.